This is episode 17 of a Chosen People podcast with special guest Sydney Darling on the need for consistency with Christ, part one. Welcome to a Chosen People podcast. My name is Lou Obatero, and every Tuesday I share with you conversations I have with disciples from all around the world on how young disciples like myself can live a life worthy of God what they've learned from personal experiences, and pieces of advice they have for my generation. Together, we explore solutions to modern-day problems and what it truly means to live chosen. If you are a disciple, Chances are you've had difficulty at some point with trying to make time for God. And it can be hard, especially with work and school and adult responsibility. On today's episode, I have a discussion with Sydney Darling, who lives in Broward County, Florida, and attends Florida Atlantic University. Sydney and I discuss how her consistency with Christ has grown, where and when she finds time to worship and acknowledge God, and the obvious signs that someone is out of touch with God. Okay, so on today's episode, I have here Sydney Darling from uh, Broward County, or at least she lives in Broward County, but she attends FAU. Hi. So, Sydney, um, for those of you that don't really know who you are, can you give us a little bit of background? Yeah, okay. So, my name is Sydney, and I'm currently a junior at FAU, majoring in neuroscience and behavior, and I've been a disciple for almost two years. Yeah, I remember going to your baptism. Um, I think it was like in, uh, do you remember whose house it was at? Was it like, was it yours? The Spideros. Oh, yeah, the Spideros. No, it was at the yeah. Spideros house. Yeah. Uh, and it like was on the... your birthday. Oh, yeah. I totally forgot. About... Yeah, yeah, yeah. March 10th. That's what I was thinking about. <laughs> yeah. I totally, because we came back from like having like the cake and everything and stuff. And I was just like, wow, like, I guess exactly. I'm sharing somebody else's birthday with my birthday. It was pretty good. I know. I was like, we're um, celebrating together. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And it's coming up in what? Like, um, I think 14, no, like, like less than 14, less than two weeks. Or Not so. even. Yeah. Yeah. So it should be yeah. pretty soon. It doesn't feel like it's been two years. Like it just, time went by so fast. I know. Yeah. I feel like it was like strange when, you know, everybody was just becoming baptized in like the campus ministry. It felt like a little bit of like a wave, like all of a sudden, I think that the the Russell Mendes got baptized kind of like in spaced out time. Um, was Nati ever baptized? She, she yeah, she was baptized. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember if I was there for it or not. Uh, maybe I just didn't I go to her. I don't know if it was before me or after me. Probably after. I'm not sure. Well, either way, shout out to Nati and the Russell Mendes and everybody who might be listening. Yeah. Anyways, <clears throat> so for the topic that we're going to be talking about today, uh, that we've decided on beforehand, we wanted to talk about our consistency in our relationship with God. So I just wanted to ask you, what exactly made you want to talk about your relationship, with, having consistency in your relationship with God? So it's kind of ironic because I think that maintaining consistency in my relationship with God has probably been the thing I've lacked in the most these past two years. Mm. Um, it's something that I constantly have to work towards because I have absolutely no self-discipline. 
Um, but I definitely think that it's key to building a relationship with God. Um, mm. And because you can't be faithful to God without being consistent, you know? Mm. Yeah, that's that's very true. So when you were talking about like your lack of self-discipline, what exactly do you mean by that? So I definitely am a person where like I feel like I'm a really impulsive person. Kind of like mm. go with the flow, not really plan ahead. So I didn't really have the self-discipline to say, okay, I'm going to sit down today at this time and read my Bible or I'm going to sit down like today and do like just anything that I'm trying to do, you know? Right, right. And what was a big part of that because like of like the time that you were trying to do those things? Like I know that some people have quiet times like super early in the morning and then like, you know, they might sleep in for a little bit and then miss it or just um, like not really feeling motivated to have your quiet times. It's definitely a mix of me not prioritizing my time and then also just not having good time management. It's hard, I think, when you're like a student and you're trying to put all these things together, uh, especially when you're a college student, too, you know, because usually when it comes to time management, it's a mix of having a lot of assignments and having a lot of responsibilities that you have to take care of. And then when those responsibilities aren't as prevalent, then it's a matter of having the self-discipline to actually like do those things and push yourself to do it because you know no longer do you have like you know mom telling you to like pick up your clothes from the ground or whatever or um you know even people just to remind you you know like to to even eat you know three meals a day or two meals a day or whatever um a lot of that is dependent upon you as like the young adult and that gets that definitely gets difficult um sometimes but at least you know i have a better image on um why you wanted to talk about this. So we talked about it before, right, that you've been baptized for two years now. Um, What do you feel like has been like your experience with consistency in those past two years in relation to, I guess, like your time before being baptized, like how you read your Bible before being baptized? I was occasionally, but it wasn't like an everyday thing or a habit. That was kind of something that Mm -hmm. I developed after I became a disciple um, okay. because before I became a disciple, I grew up in the church. And then when I was like eight, my parents and well, and me, I guess, because I was with them, we left. And then we came back when I was like 16 or so. And oh, everyone, it's wow. a big jump. Yeah, <laughs> definitely a big jump. And then my friends from when I was a kid, they were back at church and it was so exciting to be with everyone. And it was also kind of weird because all the old friendships I had, like I kind of had to rebuild them. And then also I felt like everyone knew everything about the Bible and I was kind of coming in as almost an outsider in a way. So I didn't really feel like I knew as much and I kind of wanted to get to that point where I was like, yeah, I'm on the same level as you guys. And that's, that was what like your definition was of like a good Christian. Yeah, definitely. That was my definition. Um, and how long, how long did it take you for you to go through your entire Bible studies? I think it was a year because Carlin and Janae asked me to study the Bible, um, at the end of one of the Mm -hmm. teen, teen retreats in February. And it was kind of funny because they asked me and I was like, yeah, of course I want to study the Bible. And I honestly didn't really Uh know what I was getting myself into at all just because they asked me and I was like, yeah, of course I want to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, caution, this ends with baptism. 
Yeah, I was like, yeah, of course. <laughs> it was so funny. That's what I thought about it too when I was younger. Like I thought that, oh, these people just get together and they talk about the Bible. Like they study it like a textbook a little bit. Like, but it's not like it's not like you're starting on like a a, a weight loss journey or something like that. Like you're not trying to get to like a certain a certain point. You're kind of just you know doing it normally to like know like I figured that that's how people know the Bible by doing Bible studies but yeah like and, and that kind of is you know one of like the reasons but more importantly it's to get people to come to salvation um and I didn't I didn't know that at least for one but I can tell that, that was for yeah. you too and you said that it took you a year to study so I guess a more important question would be when you became baptized right did you feel like you had reached that that point you know where you were like that knowledgeable Christian? That's such an interesting question. I love that question. Um, I feel like at that point, I feel like on that day, I was like, wow, this is great. This is amazing. And then the next day I was like, okay, but so what do I do now kind of thing? Um, <laughs> mm -hmm. I definitely didn't feel like I knew everything. I knew I had a lot to learn still, mm -hmm. um, especially in comparison to people who had been Christians for a really long time. I just felt like I didn't know as much. So I was like, okay, I'm going to spend time and work hard to learn more about God. Right, right. Because it is a it is a process, yeah. And <clears throat> I think that there's no real, like, end-end goal when it comes to, like, how much we know. But at least, you know, you're able to do your best in, in growing in it. I think that's a misconception that people have, too, when they see people talking about, like, Bible verses or whatever. That's I, I felt super insignificant when I became baptized, when I would hear people like memorizing Bible verses and like, you know, like spewing them out, like whenever like the time, you know, was needed. Me too. And I was like, oh, I should be doing that. You know, I should be like in high school, like basically just telling people random Bible verses as if like I memorized like uh, song lyrics or something. And I thought that was like the mark of like a good yeah. Christian. I thought that, you know, you have to have these types of properties um, in general to, to, to be able to prove that you had, that you had to prove yourself as a good Christian to people, not just through your actions, but like through how many books of the Bible you read or like anything like incremental like that, you know, that really like shows that not just that, you know, what's going on in the Bible and like, that you know, like, like, like what, what, what the, what the overview is, but that you can sort of like be able to recite those types of things. Like I thought it was kind of like a, a, a talent show per se, but it, um, it's not that. Yeah, it's not, <laughs> but I definitely understand that. <laughs> yeah. So from that day that you became baptized, right, on March 10th of 2019, um, do you feel like from that point until now, you've grown in your consistency and how have you grown in that consistency? I feel like it's definitely been a roller coaster. Mm. Like it hasn't been just straight up or straight down. It's kind of just been up and down the entire way. Mm. Um, in the beginning, it was the end of my junior year. So that's a big year, you know. Um, isn't that when you're applying to colleges? I feel like yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, Especially if it's March because yeah, right? that's like okay. spring section of, uh, you know, your junior year. Yeah. yeah. You're starting to like get, get, get like the applications out a little bit. Get your applications ready and stuff. Mm. Um, the summer in between my junior and my senior year, I feel like I was really, really consistent because, of course, it's summer. You have a bunch of free time. You're not in school kind of thing. And then right. the fall of, well, the first semester of my senior year, 
got really busy because of course like you're a senior you have all of these responsibilities a workload i was taking five ap classes oh yeah i remember that actually i remember you were like more like the most like diligent out of all of us out of the entire team ministry oh, yeah. i remember hearing that like like you know i'd be talking to eden i'm like oh yeah like, where was sydney at like the diva winner she's like oh yeah she had like six assignments due this friday and i'm like what so where's in <laughs> that high sounds school? like me yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I have always been that one person to be like, oh, no, no, I have to do this for school first before everything. And that's always been my thing. I feel like I learned that from elementary school. They did this really cute thing Mm -hmm. where um, if you got straight A's, you're all four quarters of like third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade. Like you got a medal. I got a medal for that. I got straight A's. And then they also had a straight A little luncheon where you went to Sweet Tomatoes with your friends. So I definitely wanted straight A's that Mm -hmm. that's what started it i feel like that started it um but i've always been like that school Mm -hmm. is always super important to me yeah it can be a big motivator but did you feel like school was ever like a god to you or an idol oh i definitely feel like it was and in some ways it still can be it's really easy for me to be like, oh, I have these 10 assignments to do for class, so I can't read or I can't spend time with God. Um, that's always right. been throughout like these two years. That's always been one of the major struggles that I've had to deal with throughout my entire walk with God is trying to balance mm. school and life and um, um, my relationship with him, you know, and ministry. So yeah. all of that. Yeah. It, trust me, it's very practical. It makes sense, honestly, I think, when people talk about that being an idol because, and for me, trust me, for me, it is too on like a good, I'd say, daily basis that I have to struggle um, because I do try to excel and do my best um, at school. Obviously, I have, you know, burnout sometimes, but like the majority of me is trying to do well because I know what it entails. I know that I'm here for a reason. I know that the work that I'm putting in might not always show um, up to be, you know, like, like, like an equivalent reciprocation that I'm getting, uh, afterwards. Like if I like, you know, study super hard for like a test and like, I don't know, I fail it or whatever. Right. Uh, it doesn't make sense in like the moment, but I know that like in the macro view of things, I'm graduating from college and getting a degree that will help me to get like a, a whole slew of different jobs that will be able to, um, pay and, you know, supply for my family and for, uh, my future family as well. And like thinking about those things now, like it's able to, I'm able to see what, what, what type of profound effect it has on the rest of my life. But then when it comes to like showing up for devos and, you know, reading my Bible in the morning, kind of feels like sometimes I'm like, I'm not really, you know, being graded for this right now. Yeah. Like I don't have like a, a, a test like on that. like first Corinthians. Yeah. Like next week or something like that. So, you know, I don't, like, like, I can study this, you know, I don't really have to choose which book I do. And, you know, you kind of start to make like these like negative rationalizations uh, about like, like why you don't need to do these things, mostly because the, the actual outcomes of them or the profits that you gain from doing these things that God asks us to do a lot isn't super visible, right? Like the plan or the promises that we're given, like, like college promises us that, you know, you spend four years here or like, you know, the equivalent of four years worth of credits and you get your bachelor's or, you know, like whatever the four year equivalent, um, you know, is like of whatever university one would go to. 
Um, but then when it comes to God, it's not like, yes, he gives us the promise of eternal life if we choose to follow him, but he doesn't promise us like very specific things throughout our lives. He promised that he, he promises us that he will protect us and that he will keep us safe. But as we can see, I mean, every single person has like a completely different spiritual journey and yeah. has completely different spiritual um, outcomes as well. You know, like even like when, you know, you're putting in a lot of work as being a Christian, you know, like you're trying to, uh, you know, do your best, to, like hold, hold back your anger and uh, be selfless and like, you know, uh, help the needy and help the poor. That might always not be reciprocated in, you know, you being rewarded by getting a raise at work or whatever, you know, like it can actually sometimes feel like you're, your problems are piling up a little bit. Um, but like looking at like the bigger portion of it, maybe you spent that decade building up resilience in your life to some type of even like bigger worry, you know, that you're going to have in the future. Or you spent those 10 years facing all these things that made you have made your like level of your, your bar of gratitude, like basically brought it to the floor so that now all of a sudden when like your next decade of life comes in and then you're living like an amazing life with like, you know, three children or something like that and a wife, all of a sudden you're like super grateful for those things because you never had anything that was even similar to that in the past. Mm -hmm. But um, that's just kind of like how I see it anyways. Like it, it, it's, I think that school can be such a, such an idol because it gives us those types of promises and they're not bad promises. It's yeah. the kind of like the path, the pathway that we're expected to go through as American teenagers and young adults that like we have to go to school that we have to, you know, like anything besides that is seen as either like you're a musician or you're like a artist or that you failed in some way. Yeah. You know, some, yeah. some way and, and artists and musicians do go to college too. Um, but like when it comes to like freelance, I think that people are just very um, negative minded uh, to it, especially, you know, with, with, with the American way of, of living and thinking it's like you have to go to school you have to do these types of things and in some you know with some jobs that is very true but more importantly is us showing up for our brothers and sisters in christ knowing that the time that we spend is not for not taking it's, it's not for granted that it's actually going to produce some type of fruit um you know along our lives and if not in our lifetime then hopefully for somebody else yeah so recently um I want you to think, I want you to think back to like the past six months of your okay. life or so, right? What do you feel like is a recent victory that you've had uh, in your relationship with God? Okay. So past six months, still in Corona times, um, in the pandemic with mm -hmm. quarantine and everything. Um, that's yep. been an interesting ride in itself, honestly. But mm -hmm. oh, I feel like... Yeah. During this time, it's so easy to distance yourself from a lot of things, like from people, because you don't see you don't see all of your friends. Um, so I feel like during this time, I've definitely relied more on building a relationship with God because I can't see my friends, I can't um, interact with them like I would like to because of the pandemic. And definitely, one of the ways I've done that is through lots of prayer, connecting to Him through worship music. And I really relied on that a lot because it reminds me that he's never too busy for me. And then he's always there, you know, God is and always will be around, even if it mm. feels like no one else is. And that's a relationship that I definitely want to fight mm. for. So I feel like that's kind of helped me feel closer to him, especially during this time where 
there's so many things that people are grasping for. They want security in different things, but you can only have security in God, you know? Yeah. I mean, besides um, God, what other things do you feel like you felt or that you feel like you find security in? In these past six months, I definitely feel like I've relied a lot on my own writing because I write. I love writing. Um, if you know me well enough, I will talk about it all the time. I write. Um, so I've written like two short stories and I'm writing a novel right now. And I've written, I've already written a novel. No way. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know this. Either I did and I forgot yeah. or I just had no idea like at all. Like, so what, like uh, fiction, nonfiction? I feel like I definitely told you. Yeah, I, I think I've heard about it before. But I just totally forgot. Okay. What's it about? Like, is it just a normal, uh, you know, like, like young adult novel? Yeah. So my two short stories, um, one is actually published in, you didn't know this, in a literary magazine from BC, which is so cool. I actually got the copies no yesterday. And it's so cool seeing like my writing on a page. Thank you. It was super cool. I was really happy about it. Um, and then one of my other novels, I finished, I wrote it, I think it's like 70,000 words. I haven't, I haven't checked in a while, but um, it's called Dreamscape and I've had a couple of my friends read it, but it needs a lot of editing, so I'm not going to publish it now. And then right now I'm working on a young adult fantasy novel, um, which I'm really excited about because I had writer's block these past couple of weeks. And then like yesterday, I don't know, something clicked in my head and I was like, oh my gosh, I know what I'm doing with this story. And it's going to be a trilogy. At least I'm planning for it to be a trilogy. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, but this is awesome. Oh, my yeah. gosh. You're like a like a 19-year-old Zora Neale Hurston a little bit. <laughs> You've already got, like, the whole thing set. That's I'm crazy. About it planned. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yep. that's, yeah. That's definitely Man. something that I, like, found my love for again during quarantine because I've always known I've liked writing. I find little stories I wrote when I was in kindergarten and they're like the cutest things. They weren't good. Um, they inspired so, you to yeah. continue. Wow. Yeah. Well, you're definitely making your younger self proud, like, uh, you know, continuing to keep doing that. That's yeah. amazing. Wow. So I like with the time that you're still, I guess, like writing, like how are you balancing writing a book with school? And also to, you know, for the sake of the conversation, um, your relationship with God. It's definitely hard. Um, I feel like, especially now, my classes are so hard. Like I'm taking organic chemistry right now and it's stressful. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm so glad I'm not like, organic chemistry. <laughs> yeah, so be so glad because yeah. it, it's not it's not fun. Mm -hmm. All my friends are like, Argo's the death of them. <laughs> It feels like that sometimes, you know, <laughs> but um, I'm taking that and I'm taking, um, what am I taking biological principles, biological basis of behavior, um, two discussion classes oh. and a lab. So that's a lot. Um, I think it's any electives. Are any of those electives? Um, none of them really count as electives. I don't think. Oh, yeah. no. oh my gosh. And then I have my writing on the side. So how many credits in total? My two discussion classes are zero credits. Like they they're not worth anything. Which that's weird. I don't I don't understand that because they they take up so much of my time. So it's weird. But I think it's fourteen credits. Mm -hmm. And they're part yeah. of your curriculum. Like you have to take. Yeah, those. I have to take them. Oh, 
I was like, at least give me credit. So it feels like I'm doing something. Yeah. <laughs> it should be like one or two at exactly. least. Exactly. Like, at least if you're having to, you know, like like write essays or, you know, put something in or even just having discussions. Like, I think they, they just need to give us points just for showing up to class in general. Like some of those, some some classes that we have, we just don't have the energy to even show up for at all. And then the thing is, they're not even really discussions because we're taking quizzes. <laughs> I, we don't discuss anything. Oh <laughs> it's the irony of a discussion class where we don't discuss anything. Mm-hmm. But um, at least it doesn't sound yeah. too time consuming, right? Yeah. Well, it kind of depends on the week. I think in the beginning, I had a better handle on my week. So I was like, oh, it's not that bad. And then by week three, I was like, oh, this is a lot. This is, <laughs> this is a lot. Oh, my gosh. So Jeez. it's interesting um, balancing it all, especially because I don't have good time management. So if I don't feel like doing my work, I'll be like, oh, it's fine. I'll just do it later. And then I procrastinate it. <laughs> and yeah. it's due in like three hours. <laughs> and it's like, oh, no. Like why did I do that to myself, kind of thing, you know? But um, yeah. Does yeah. um does procrastination ever like impede upon your times that you should be having your quiet time or like praying? Oh yeah, I feel like all the time. Um, because if I procrastinate too much, then it takes away from my sleep, and then if I if it takes away from my sleep, then I want to sleep in the next morning. But if I want to have a quiet time, I have to wake up earlier, else I'm not going to do it. So. It's kind of like a, yeah. I guess, like a snowball effect. <laughs> like a procrastinator, don't sleep, no mm-hmm. bite time kind of thing, you know? Yeah, I, I noticed that. It's like all of a sudden, like, the weird, like, bad habits that I'll be having, I don't know, like, I'll eat, like, like, like I won't pay attention to calories for one day. And then, like, you know, I'll, I'll stay up playing, like, the Switch until, like, 1 a.m. And then I've got to wake up at, like, 6 a.m. you play the Switch? So, uh, yeah, yeah, I have it by me over here. I um, Well, currently, I've been playing a lot of Rocket League, but... I have switched over to Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. It's like one of the best games of all time. I love that game. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's I literally really, really love cute. that game. I've never finished playing it, but I do love that game. Oh. Oh, trust me, you got to finish it. I just my, my brother bought me the uh the DLC package for uh for Christmas. So, I've been playing that too and they give you like all like these different um uh like outfits and stuff basically that you can like put on you can like have them upgraded it's it's amazing oh, that's so cool. uh favorite game of all time definitely but yeah um what were we saying before wow i forgot what we were talking <laughs> about before that oh procrastination. procrastination right so you were saying that procrastination has a snowball effect of some sort and i feel that too um when i'm waking up in the mornings and then like i'm feeling super groggy because i didn't get enough sleep the night before and then, you know, I go through my day and like, because I don't have enough energy, I'm like, you know what, I'm not going to finish this like statistics homework or whatever. I'm going to leave for tomorrow. And then I stay up playing video games again. And then I like, you know, wake up the next day, think I'm going to get that same work done. But then I feel groggy again. And it's just like, it's, it, it's bad. It's bad. And yeah. one of those things that you said that gets knocked out, right, of your like, of your schedule, I guess, when it comes to like having to like, because, you know, you're, you're kind of playing a game of like, something's got to give you got to like kind of either like give you know your quiet time time you got to give your exercising yeah. time but when things kind of come in like you know impede and like your schedule um or whatever so usually when one of those things has to give right when you got to play that game is your time with god usually one of the first things to go i feel like it kind of depends on what i'm doing mm-hmm. for my time with god because if I'm listening to worship music, that's something I could do. I could do it with anything that I'm doing. Um, 
Like I can listen to music as I get ready yeah. in the morning if I'm just doing homework, you know, kind of thing. But if I'm reading my Bible, but then it's like, oh, I have class in an hour. I don't have time. Because another thing that I like to do is say, I don't want to rush. So because I woke mm. up late and now it's like, I only have 20 minutes before class. Like, oh no, I feel like I'm rushing my time with God. I don't want to do that. So let me put it off till later and then later comes. And then I have more assignments and listen to the world <laughs> continues. Yeah. The, the dreaded later. I always hate yeah. that. Like, I, I, like I'll say, like, oh yeah, I'll leave this for later. And then later comes, I'm like, I just don't comes get it. Like, I hate this. I don't it's like, oh no, no, but I meant later, later. Like, a lot later. Yeah. <laughs> I meant like like 2 a.m. later. When 2 a.m. <laughs> needs to, when, when 2 a.m. version of me needs to fix it, then he'll understand. And then 2 yeah. a.m. me is there, and I'm like, I just want to rest my eyes, please. I'm like begging like my past self not to make that mistake. It's already been yeah, done. You, the damage is already done. You're like, why did I do this to myself? Like, why? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like uh, our, our procrastinative ten- tendencies that we have when we implement those in college, it's like a whole new form of torture. Like it's to so ourselves. bad. Like it's, it's self-induced torture. Yeah. I would not recommend procrastinating in college whatsoever. <laughs> like, do not do it. It's the worst decision. I I wish, like, some of the days that, like, I kind of just, like, took off just to, you know, hang with friends only or something, I feel like I would have just not sacrificed at least one or two out of, like, those maybe, like, seven that I've done so far. Because if I did... I'd be so much more ahead in my stuff right now. And I'm not drowning, thank God. But I'm I'm just wish I could have studied a bit more. Like I have a physics quiz, I have a physics midterm in a week and a half. And I've studied a lot, but it's funny because I I don't feel prepared. I wish that I would have studied a lot more. But you know, it's yeah, um, that's so funny. You've already studied for it? Well, yeah, like I've gone over it and I know what is to expect, and I still don't feel prepared. Like, I feel like I don't do well on exams until I, like, have at least, like, an 89 to, like, 90% uh, confidence in myself that I'm going to pass. And for right now, I'm at, like, 65, honestly, because it's, it's a lot. This class is it's, it's kicking my butt. Thank God that the campus ministry leader over here is a physics major, so uh, oh, wait, he's been helping helps. me with some equations and stuff. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's kind of heavy. But you know, that's that, that's the cost of procrastination. <laughs> I feel like I need some kind of deadline to be like pressing on me for me to be motivated mm-hmm. to do it. Like I don't know, I was talking to some of my friends yeah. down here, and we were talking about how we're not motivated to do anything. I feel like that's kind of just mm-hmm. tr- everything with Corona and quarantine. It's just kind of hard to find motivation because every day. I mean, you're not really living the same day anymore. It's things are more open now, but it's just kind of like, it's yeah. weird, you know? Have you uh, have you ever heard of like push-pull factors? No, I haven't. Like essentially, like from what I understand about push, I think that it's a psychological thing. You like, I don't know if you guys might go over it or something like that in your, um, in your class, but like basically push-pull factors are either incentives or punishments that get us to go um, things, right? Like, like, of course, like pull is more of like the positive way like you know like like something that we're gravitated towards which is incentives in our lives right like if we finish this assignment then you know we promise ourselves that we're going to go to 
uh, Dairy Queen to go get like the red velvet cake that we like, you know, have been like craving for, that, 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 you know, that you, you yourself have been craving for like the past week or something like that. I don't know. Like you're able to push yourself to do something or you study or, you know, if you study hard enough for like a quiz or an exam that you can get an A and that will bring you out of like the C that you have in the class and bring you to like a B or something. Right. And then push factors that, you know, of course, like if you're being pushed, it kind of sounds more like negative. Um, it's those are like the punishments. Right. So like if you, I guess that it can also be like the getting an A in the class thing, right? Like if you don't get an A in this class, then, you know, not only will it push you, will, will it keep you in that C, but that, now you're like at like a low C, like a C minus. And if you're at a C minus, you might lose your scholarship. And it's kind of like, you know, like having those types of things on you as well. Um, if you, I don't know, like you go to Dairy Queen, you get that red velvet cake and then you eat it and you feel super satisfied, but then you remember that you're lactose intolerant. Kind of like that's like a little bit of like oh, another. No. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> that's no, like a push factor. No, I don't want to go to Dairy of. Queen though. <laughs> <laughs> you're not last. You're not lactose intolerant though, right? No, I'm. I'm not. Oh yeah, then you can go to Dairy Queen. You're fine. You've just listened to part one of this podcast. To listen to the next part, go to the homepage of the Chosen People podcast on whatever podcast streaming platform you're on. Part two should be available. I'll see you there.